Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If I could change one thing about Superman, I think I would give him more of a sense of humor. I'd make him more of a wisecracker. I mean, I'd make him like Spider-Man. When he's out fighting the bad guys or rescuing people and saving cats from trees and putting out fires and stopping volcanoes from erupting and moving the Earth around in its orbit. You know, I think he needs to be cracking wise. He needs to be telling the jokes. Because honestly, not only would that make him just a bit more interesting, then he could truly live up to the name of the action comic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Stephen, and I am here today for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to ask each and every one of you, All across this great world of ours, one simple question. How about that Snyder Cut? So, back in August, when it was announced that they would be doing a Snyder Cut of the Justice League, I did an entire episode on it. I think it was called, Do We Really Need the Snyder Cut? And for those who may not be aware at this point, let me just run it down for you. Let me run down what happened how we got to the point we're at now, and then I'll throw some opinions at you. So I've since discovered there's this whole story behind the Snyder Cut. I knew a bit about it, but I didn't know everything. Zack Snyder was brought on board to create some movies in the DC Universe, and apparently he had this whole plan that would encompass five movies. It started with The Man of Steel, Then we got Batman v Superman, and then he was going to do three Justice League movies. Well, he gets that first Justice League movie done, and by done, I mean he gets all the filming done. All the principal photography is done. And then he gets hit by this horrific tragedy. His daughter, Autumn, commits suicide, and he had to, at that point, of course, walk away from the Justice League. I mean, what else was he going to do, right? So then Warner Brothers decides they're going to bring in Joss Whedon to finish it up. Now, of course, I'm not in any of these boardroom meetings. I'm not part of any discussions or privy to any back 
deal information on what led to that decision. But you have to assume that the giant money making hit that was the Avengers, which was directed by Joss Whedon, had a little something to do with that decision. And so Joss Whedon comes in and I don't know what kind of mandate he was given, but he instead of just finishing the movie, he almost recreates the movie into his own particular vision. He took everything that Zack Snyder had filmed and he he brought people back in for reshoots. I from what I understand, he was given the direction. Let's kind of let's kind of cheer this up a bit. Let's make this a bit more funny, kind of like that Avengers movie that you made that everybody loves so much because it's serious and yet funny at the same time. And he then, of course, destroys the movie. Now, I am not one of these Snyder Cut fanatics. I have not been asking for the Snyder Cut all over social media like many people have since the original Justice League movie came out. My thought was the movie's out. It's terrible. Let's just move on. The more I've learned, though, I you know I I knew that there was a tragedy that hit his life, and that's the reason why Zack Snyder had to step away. And and of course, knowing all these plans he had made, what he was going to do with the franchise after that first movie, it almost I don't want to say that I'm angry over what Joss Whedon did, but I I almost kind of understand this whole campaign to get the Snyder cut made. I mean, knowing. Everything that I know now, knowing a lot of the backstory, it's like, why not? Why not let the guy finish the movie that he set out to make that he was not able to finish because of this horrible tragedy in his life? So here we come, March 2021, March 18th, actually, is when the movie was released on HBO Max. They had, of course, announced back in August that they were going to do this. It went kind of back and forth as far as what we were going to see. We knew it was going to be about four hours long. Originally, Zack Snyder had come out and said, this movie, it, we're going to split it up into four episodes and, it, and we're going to make it into four basically TV show episodes. They strayed away from that and turned it into one four hour long movie. And I, I think I read somewhere that the reasoning behind that is once you split it up and make it into hour long episodes and you put it on a what is a, a TV streaming service, then it changes from being classified as a movie or four short movies, I guess, to a TV show. And then that I guess there, there, there's problems at that point with the contracts and the deals they made with actors and all that kind of junk. So he said, fine, whatever, we'll just do a four hour long movie. It's not any big deal. And he did some reshoots. They put like $70 million or something into this Zack Snyder cut. He did some reshoots and he made the movie he set out to make. And then on March 18th, I sat down like a lot of people across the world and sat. I watched it and I watched the full. Th well, I watched actually during my lunch hour, I watched 30 minutes of it and then I went back to work. And then after work, I sat down and I watched the other three and a half hours. And I will say it was quite superior to the Joss Whedon version. It was much, much better. It had its flaws, of course. I mean, unless you're a big fan of the Zack Snyder slow motion camera thing that he does. I mean, there was a lot of that in there. And 
There seemed to be a lot of stuff in there that maybe they didn't need to spend a lot of time on. There was a scene, for example, when Aquaman, when we first meet Aquaman, he goes back into the ocean and he he pulls his shirt off and he pulls he pulls his jacket off and he pulls his shirt off and he throws him onto the rocky beach and he he goes into the ocean and I, they're like in freaking Norway or somewhere like that and these Norwegian girls come down these little fishing village Norwegian girls and one of them picks up his sweater and she smells it and then they all start singing a very very well put together well harmonized song. And I thought that went on a little bit long. There were there were a number of scenes like that. Um, but I still enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I don't know that I'm going to sit down and watch it again anytime soon because, again, it is four hours. I understand people's complaints about it being four hours long, but he does actually separate it into chapters or parts. I think it's like eight parts. So, If you wanted to do it that way, if you wanted to sit down and watch the first part and then just watch it in segments like that, I'm sure you could get away with that as well. But all in all, it was a much better experience than the Joss Whedon film. First of all, we got a lot of extra time in this movie with Cyborg. I did not like Cyborg at all in the Joss Whedon version. It's like, what was the point of him even being there? And... Zack Snyder's version gives you that point. Uh, Same thing with Steppenwolf. The villain Steppenwolf in Joss Whedon's version, just he had like almost no motivation at all. He was just this alien dude coming. I'm just going to come conquer this world. That's what I'm going to do because I'm a bad guy. That's what I do. Well, in the Snyder version, he sure he's there to conquer Earth, but he's doing it because he has fallen out of favor with Darkseid. And he's trying to prove to Darkseid that he is he he is a loyal uh soldier and and can get stuff done basically. It was he he became almost almost sympathetic. Zack Snyder also beefed him up a bit. He's an all CGI creation. He beefed him up a bit. He gave him this really weird armor that may have been a little bit over the top. The armor itself was a bit over the top. It was always moving these little points moving back and forth and sticking in and out and all that junk. Uh, but really it was, I thought it was a, a, a really good movie and it, and it, it was, I would take it over the theatrical version any day of the week. The thing about it, though, is I'm really quite disappointed at this point that we don't get to see the next two Justice League movies that he had planned. I watched a, I think it was a Screen Crush video where he talks about poss- what was possibly planned for the next two movies. I guess a a bunch of storyboards were leaked online and Warner Brothers pulled them down really quick. But of course, most people were able to grab screenshots and such. And and based on that and some other things, uh, folks have been able to kind of piece together what that what those next two movies were going to be about. And the epilogue to the Snyder Cut, which just at this point seems like, well, why even put it on there? If they're not going to make these other movies, what was the point of the epilogue? Because all it did was make you want something you're never going to get. For example, and there's going to be a a lot of spoilers here. If you haven't seen it, maybe you should shut this off because there I am going to spoil some stuff. But at the end of the movie, during the epilogue, we, we get one scene where Lex Luthor has escaped from jail. He's he's on this yacht. And somebody comes to visit him and we find out it's Deathstroke, the Terminator. And Lex has hired him to take out Batman. And the first thing he does is he tells him, 
Batman is Bruce Wayne. Now, this was going to lead into the Batman movie that Ben Affleck was going to direct and star in because the guy who played Deathstroke the Terminator, Joe Manganiello, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his name. He was he was going to be in that movie and then that movie fell through. Then there's a whole scene of a possible future. It's a, like a post-apocalyptic world in which Darkseid has taken over thanks to Superman. Superman has gone bad and some villains and heroes, because at the end you've got Batman, Deathstroke, the Terminator, uh, freaking Cyborg, I think was there, the Flash, and then um, the Mira. Was that her name from Aquaman? They're like together and they're they they're they're trying to go, they're they're going to do something. They're they're I, I don't remember what it was, but the Joker is with them, and we find out that they hint about somebody dying, and it was supposed to be Lois Lane. Lois Lane had died. There was this whole thing that that Zack Snyder was gonna do where I guess after Superman died. Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane hooked up and they did the deed and she became pregnant and she has uh, Bruce Wayne's baby and something happens and she dies and Bruce was not able to protect her. And that makes Superman go crazy. And he turn he 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 basically lets himself over to the dark side, you know, which has two meanings. Of course, there's a Star Wars reference and the villain dark side. And then they take over the planet. And then there was uh, supposed to be something about how the the kid, um, Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane's son, he ends up becoming Batman because Batman, ba- uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman dies at some point during these next two movies. And it was it was really supposed to be it. I, it was it's kind of an odd story. I don't know how I feel about Lois Lane and Bruce Wayne hooking up, but whatever. But it, it sounded like it was going to be a pretty epic tale. And again, you can't say it's never going to happen because for the longest time, everybody was saying, you know, to all these Snyder cut folks, you might as well give it up. They're not just going to make, they're not going to do this. It's not going to happen. And yet it did. So you never know what's going to happen. And then of course you had Martian Manhunter show up in the movie. That was pretty cool. It was just a, while it was four hours and at moment, during moments, it was a bit of a slog. I did find myself, during certain moments in the movie, picking up my phone and reading some comic books during the movie, which is not something that filmmakers want you to do during their movie is to uh, read. You know, that's not that's not a goal of a filmmaker. I want to I want to create a scene here that's going to take people completely out of the movie and have them grabbing a book. That's not what that's not the plan. That's not the goal of a filmmaker. But I found myself doing that a number of times Throughout the movie, there was just some, he's just, I tell you what, when it comes to slow, drawn out, almost pointless uh, bits of film, Zack Snyder seems to really excel at that. He just, he really knows how to drag something out. And a lot of it is because of that slow motion stuff that he likes to do. But at the same time, much of what he does as far as being a filmmaker, he, he does make some very visually exciting beautiful looking movies they they do look exceptionally well and again i think he really hit the nail on the head with this movie i think he did uh he he created something that was i don't know if i want to use the word exceptional but it was certainly a heck of a lot better than the theatrical version and 
I feel like if they had, if he had been allowed to complete this movie him, himself and put it out in the theater rather than Joss Whedon coming in, I do feel like it probably would have been split in twain. It would have been two movies. I just can't imagine anybody wanting to sit in a movie theater for four hours or, or I mean, I know that there are plenty of people out there that would do that, um, but I don't think there's enough that would justify or that would rake in a lot of money. I don't think I, I, I think I think there I think a lot of people would wait at that point for it to come out on DVD or, or on the streaming service or whatever. But I'm really glad that he got a chance to get the movie made and get it out there and let people see what he had in mind in the first place. Now, like I said, it's not a perfect movie. I know I know there are people out there that are saying that it is. I don't think it is. That's just my opinion. And right away, one of the problems I had with it was its presentation. And by that, I mean, it was not filmed in a widescreen format. It was filmed in a square, old school television format. And I looked it up to find out why it was the way it was and why it was filmed that way. And I'll tell you what, let me see if I can find the article real quick. Well, now, of course, I can't find the one I had read the day before, like March 17th, the day before the movie came out on HBO Max. I looked it up because they kept every trailer that had come out was square. And I looked it up. I said, is this movie going to be freaking square? And sure enough, it was. And the reasoning behind it, at least that I found in that first article, was that he it was filmed primarily for IMAX theaters, which is a square screen, I guess. And I kind of, I get that, I suppose. But I guess a lot of times what filmmakers will do is they'll film certain scenes in that format or have it converted to that format or whatnot. But he decided, I guess he'd filmed some stuff in that format. Again, I, I can't find the article. So don't quote me on this. This is from memory and I may have gotten it all wrong. But I feel like he had said in this article that once he had seen some of the stuff in that square version, he just kind of fell in love with that and decided that widescreen is not the format for superhero movies, because by by doing it square, the 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 hero, the main characters, your 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 protagonists and whatnot, they they seem taller, I guess, you know, instead of being spread out over a wide screen. And and I feel like he had said something to the effect of, you know, because uh, because they're superheroes, they're 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 action superheroes lend themselves to a more vertical aspect ratio than a horizontal one, because unless you're talking about Superman when he's flying, they're all standing up and they're running and they're fighting. And my first thought, of course, reading that was, isn't that every freaking movie? I mean, regardless of it, you know, if, if we're talking about a superhero movie or a Western or a freaking romance, you know, unless they're in bed, they're standing up or sitting down. But re- either way, they're vertical. So I, I don't know. I didn't get that part of it myself, but to be honest, less than two minutes into the movie, you just kind of forget that it's square. You you just really do. You get lost in the movie and it's only every once in a while that it kind of, if it goes from a really dark scene where, you know, the sides of the, the sides of your widescreen TV blend in to the scene, if it goes from a dark scene to a bright scene, 
then you then you it, it pops you in the face really quick because suddenly it, you can see the square. But on the one hand, I was I was watching this going, oh, well, that's great. I'm glad we all invested our, our money and our time as a society into converting everything to the widescreen format. All of our TVs are widescreen. Everything, you know, all of our media really to a certain extent TV shows now, everything, movies are all done widescreen. I'm glad we all invested all this time and energy and money into the widescreen format only for him to give us a square movie. It just seemed really stupid and illogical. And I don't want to say that at this point I get it now, but again, you kind of you kind of forget that it's square a few minutes into the movie. And it's only a few times throughout the movie that you're taken back out of the movie and, and and you see the square format. It's it's not that noticeable. You forget about it really quickly. And uh, really, that was my biggest gripe. And after, like I said, a minute or two, didn't really think about it too much. Other than that, I, I enjoyed the movie. If I when I go back and I think about that episode that I did, do we really need the Snyder cut? At this point, I would say yes. I think we needed this movie. I think Zack Snyder sure as heck needed this movie. He went through a very, like, you know, good Lord, I can't even imagine having one of your children commit suicide. I just, I cannot imagine anything like that ever happening to me. And I, I would never, I would hope that it never happens to any of you. And it happened to him. He's lived through it. He survived. He did put a, uh, there's a scene in the movie where, it spends a little time there. The Batman and the flash are in his car and they're, they're pulling out onto the freeway. And there's a nice, very large shot of a billboard that directs people to a suicide prevention hotline. And he dedicated the movie to her. Uh, her name's autumn. You know, I'm just, I'm really, I'm glad for him that he got to do this. And I'm glad for Ray Fisher who plays cyborg. His, his character really got to shine in this movie. And he was a character that I didn't like in Joss Whedon's version. And I liked him quite a bit in this version. And to know, you know, Ray Fisher has been very outspoken about his time with Joss Whedon when he came in to finish up this movie. Joss Whedon apparently is kind of a dick. Excuse my language, but that's from what I've read now, from what I understand, his wife has even published an article about him being a womanizer And the way he treated Ray Fisher, uh, the way I understand it, you know, it just I almost don't ever want to watch Avengers or Age of Ultron anymore because he was involved because he's turned out to be, again, such a dick. And it's nice that Ray Fisher is able to, to point at this and go, look, this is this is this is what I did in this movie. And Zack Snyder believed in me and he put it up there on the screen. And I'm just happy for both of them. And I really wish we could see where this movie was 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 going to next but we might we might not if we don't okay i don't think we should start another you know i don't think these folks should start another campaign you know and start bullying people on the internet about how we need to finish Zack Snyder's Justice League, two more movies, Snyder cut, two more movies. I don't want to see that kind of crap because it it starts out as as a as a fun friendly campaign and it turns into a bunch of people bullying each other and that kind of crap needs to just needs to step off the internet. And but with that being said, if they do finish this up, I'll be right there watching them. If they don't, 
the world's going to continue to spin. But if they do, folks, you can sure as heck bet I'm going to do another episode or two about it. Until then, my name is Steven and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Wear a mask. Stay safe. Hey, and if you get a chance to get the freaking vaccine, you best be doing that because you know I'm going to. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.